was the sense that Windsor was the worst place to live if you're a woman. I want us to change the narrative to say Windsor is the Essex is the best place if you're a woman to live, to start a business, to grow a business, uh, and to be a leader. Women are 67% less likely to self-promote than men empower women entrepreneurs. Women owned 34% of businesses in Windsor Essex. Women have to be part of that process. They need to be part of that plan. Women were underrepresented in every single area. We can ensure um, that we can continue to move the dial. Found that they had imposter syndrome. In terms of Rise Windsor Essex, increasing the number of women entrepreneurs. And that addresses the needs of women entrepreneurs at this time are designed to really celebrate women. Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting young female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. I've officially teamed up with Rise Windsor Essex to bring you stories of Windsor Essex's very own female entrepreneurs. We're here to celebrate women in the area who have made it happen. So today I'm here with Yvonne from WeTech Alliance and Mara from Bo. Thank you both for joining me here today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> yes, of course. So how about we start off with each of you telling us just a little bit about yourselves and your organizations. Well, uh, my name is Yvonne Pila. I'm the president and CEO of WeTech Alliance, which I'm going to shed a little bit more light on shortly. Um, but I am a, a former female founder myself, um, but I've been with the organization, uh, WeTech Alliance, for over 10 years. Uh, a big community advocate, uh, especially around entrepreneurship and, and technology. Uh, really, I, I, my goal is to see Windsor, Essex, and Chatham, Canton, and really Canada thrive when it comes to technology. So very, very involved in the community. I also uh, host my own podcast called Tech in the City. A little bit of a play on Sex in the City. I'm a big Carrie Bradshaw fan. So <laughs> instead of talking about fashion, I love to talk about tech and really trying to um, to get people to understand the importance of tech. A lot of people don't understand what tech is and how it really impacts all of our lives. And I think we've seen that through this pandemic. Yes, absolutely. That's great. And I'm excited to hear more about the company that you, the tech company you started yourself, um, as well as We Tech Alliance. Before we get into that, Mara, would you like to introduce yourself and your business as well? Sure, for sure. Um, I'm Maria Bolano, but more um, locally known as Mara because my first name is very long. Um, I am a serial entrepreneur at this point because before Bo, which is what we're going to talk about today, I have a photography business and a photo booth business. And that's how I met Yvonne, actually, um, with my photo booth business. That's happily um, got an award last year from the Knot magazine as best of weddings. So kind of hype up there. Um, so now I am working on Bo, which is in itself like three different companies at this point. So yeah, that's me. Awesome. Well, and I'm excited to get into sort of those three different companies as well and see um, everything that's going on there. How about we start off with WeTech Alliance. Um, Yvonne, do you want to just share a little bit more about what this organization is and how it all started? 
Perfect. So maybe I'll start with uh, how it got started. So I am so excited because February 2021 will mark uh, WeTech Alliance's 10 year anniversary. So we will be celebrating a really, really big milestone. Um, but it's important to realize, you know, I always said, never forget where you came from. So WeTech Alliance was, was started even before 10 years ago, but it was started by a group of um, information technology, so IT leaders in the community who really wanted to build a stronger voice for that community. So over 10 years ago, this group came together and started an organization called SoftTech Alliance. And again, it was more of an IT consortium. Um, and then when an opportunity came from the province of Ontario to put a grant application in to become an innovation center, uh, they brought me on board to, to put that grant together. So um, I'd like to say I was the, the first uh, employee of WeTech Alliance, but I, it, I worked almost for a, a good three, four months putting this application together uh, in addition with a few consultants and our board. And then again, February 2011, we were formally announced as part of uh, this regional innovation center network. There are 17 across the province. So again, the interesting part about where, about our kind of roots is it's very much rooted in entrepreneurs. So it is, it was created by entrepreneurs and, and our board uh, today is still uh, reflective of, of industry leaders and, and founders. So what is WeTech? It is a question that my poor father continues to ask on a daily basis, but the best way to describe it is we are a nonprofit business accelerator and we work uh, by providing entrepreneurs with the services, training, mentorship, and strategic connections to help bring disruptive technologies to market, help them increase revenues, attract new investments, and, and most importantly, create new jobs. Um, in our in our region. So we have been around, as I mentioned, since 2011. So we've really served as a catalyst for tech innovation in Adam Kent. So we were support entrepreneurs to bring new ideas to life. We help existing businesses start and grow. And also we help with, uh, with building out an, an innovation community within the Windsor, Essex and Adam Kent region by getting involved like things like corporate innovation, for example, which we'll talk a little bit about more. So Ultimately, we're an organization who's geared towards supporting tech companies, uh, create, innovate, and accelerate. And when I say the word technology, um, a lot of people just think of, you know, the Microsofts and Google, so the apps and the IT. We work with a variety of different technology sectors, such as agri-technology, ed-tech, fintech, um, clean tech. Um, there's about, I think, eight different sectors that we serve, but again, I, one of the, the messages I like to share with the community is we're not just specific to developing software and apps. We support companies in all different sectors of technology. So I'll, I'll leave it there because I could literally talk for hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like there's definitely a lot going on, which is so great, and the different avenues of tech that I think, you know, a lot of people might not be familiar with. So it's great to hear um, that there is those other avenues. And then in support of female entrepreneurs, how does WeTech sort of take on that role and the different services or just support in general for female entrepreneurs in the area? Sure. So one thing to note is obviously WeTech Alliance, we are open to, 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 again, all genders, all cultures, all ages, right? So we do have specific female specific programming, but our services are open to everyone. So whether you're, you know, the 70 year old entrepreneur or the 16 year old entrepreneur in technology, we're here to support you. But specific to women um, entrepreneurship, as you've interviewed, 
um, Nicole Anderson, Sabrina DeMarco, and Susan Anselin, um, through becoming, um, through the funding through the Women's Entrepreneurship Strategy Grant, WeTech really was able to leverage funding to support more female-focused programming. So specific, we run a, a, a innovation catalyst cohort that's female only. I will not get into too much details, but innovation uh, catalyst is very much focused towards larger companies and enterprise level companies and trying to work with their frontline workers to become innovation catalysts, so internal engines of innovation. So think about um, instead of being your own entrepreneur, is teaching people to be entrepreneurs within their existing organization. So part of um, that West funding that we received is to um, do one a year of uh, all female-led innovation catalyst cohort. So um, coming up, uh, we will be announcing in the near future, and I can't share it, but some additional female-only uh, program that's geared towards supporting women in tech and non-tech with connecting them to advisors and mentors, because that's what we're hearing is one of the, the key pain points when it comes to um, women entrepreneurs throughout this pandemic. Uh, we do a lot of collaborative um, activities. So you'll see a lot of women in STEM events, women in tech initiatives. Um, throughout our annual tech week, we do things like Women in Tech Day, and we actually host Women in Tech Award. Um, so, you know, we really try to support women entrepreneurs, but again, going back to um, our organizations here to help everyone in the technology industry. Um, just a quick interesting fact is, you know, when we look at the women's entrepreneurship strategy funding that came to the region, uh, we like to track all of our metrics and our data points. So since the funding has arrived, we have actually seen uh, the numbers of female founders increase by 263%. So we've gone from eight entrepreneurs, female founders to 29. And that just really goes to show how important networks like the Rise Windsor Essex Network or this collaboration that has happened through this funding give more light to female entrepreneurs and to connect us better with them. So just a fun fact that we've we've seen such a, a great uh, intake or uptake on uh, on female entrepreneurs in our in our client portfolio. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. The amount of impact that it's had. And I'm very excited to see, you know, what is to come, especially with all those exciting announcements and future programs that you said are on their way. So I'm excited to see the impact that that will have as well on the community with female entrepreneurs and in the tech industry as well. And then moving on to Mara, do you want to share a little bit about Bo? Um, I know you had said that there's about three different parts to it. Um, there is the Bo app, um, Bo Society. Do you want to share a little bit about this um, and the different, I guess, sections of it you had mentioned? Sure. Um, yeah. So the app was basically leg one of the Bo brand. And Bo app initially started because I saw a need for on-demand beauty. Um, especially for emergencies or last minute services, particularly in the wedding space, which was which is related to my other two businesses in photography and photo booth. Um, however, during the pandemic, we've had to pivot and focus more on connecting clients and beauty pros who are all about health and safety pretty much. Um, so we are still working on that pivot right now because <laughs> there's a lot to do. But yeah, that's essentially what BOAP is. Wow. Yeah, that sounds great. And do you mind just sharing a bit? How did you come to be an entrepreneur? Did you always know you wanted to start your own company or how did this all happen for you? <laughs> it's always a funny story. Um, and I'm not going to lie, even though I always do my best anywhere I go, 
it was always difficult for me to stay employed anywhere. Um, it's also um, it's also problematic that I love math and every day at work when I'm employed, I'd always do a little calculation in my head about what my time is worth pretty much and how that is like how how the lifestyle I want does not, you know, it doesn't add up. So I won't be able to get there by working for someone else. Um, also the fact that I'm a woman, an immigrant and a visible minority, I think plays a part in how much salary I get and all of that. So I found it easier to start a business um, than go through all that trouble. And eventually over the course of the years to anytime I've been employed, um, I found that my values were often different from the businesses I work for. Um, just because I love giving and I I'm very compassionate and I love people. And oftentimes that's not really um, welcome in the business sense. Um, so it was easier for me, honestly, to start a business doing not only what I love, but also what I believe in. Yeah, absolutely. And you had also mentioned there as well, um, you know, with the pandemic, how your company has had to pivot. Do you mind also just sharing what was this like to grow your startup in general during while social distancing during the lockdown with the pandemic? <laughs> um, one word, anxiety, um, because it was very uncertain times and we didn't know what was going to happen for a long time. Um, and my previous business plans for Bo no longer worked. So it's like I had to start from square one again. Um, also a lot of moments of despair because I watch a few of the startups that I love and supported go out of business. But in the wake of all of that, I feel like I was a phoenix in a sense because I was able to kind of rise from all of that challenge and saw like a world in the next 10, 20 years where I can align my business to that world. And because I'm new, Bo, Bo basically launched um, January 1st, 2020. I'm able to restructure the business easily in that sense. So, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Those are some really great points there. And, you know, while we're also talking about starting your own businesses, um, Yvonne, you also mentioned that you had started your own tech business. Um, do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Sure, yeah, it's actually something that a lot of people don't, unless they fully go into my LinkedIn profile and read my bio. Um, again, I when I was um, kind of, how I fell into entrepreneurship was really through a course, actually, in my undergrad at Odette School of Business. So when I was 24, in context, I'm 36 now, so it was 12 years ago, um, I, uh, as part of a project out of my new venture formation class, had started a business um, on, basically it was, um, the company was called Add to It, so AD2IT, and it really was focused on providing an innovative, non-traditional medium for business advertisers targeting post-secondary students. So basically, we offered students across campuses um, free printing supported by revenues earned from business advertisements printed on the reverse side of the page. Students would be able to print for free, and they got micro-targeted ads on the back of it. It was such a fun experience um, building out the model. Um, bringing on team members, um, you know, I, I say, you know, I learned so much in that experience. Um, I pitched to angel investors, I secured funding to, to kind of get uh, one kiosk up and running. Um, it was such an interesting and great time and a great experience. And like I said, I, I, I never say I failed, I say I learned a lot, but 
um, it was a, a great journey. And um, one like point I like to to talk about when I talk about the this entrepreneurial journey of mine is I was never the tech person in my company. So a lot of people, you know, when they think of women in tech entrepreneurs or they think that they have to be a technical person. I, in fact, brought in my own CTO. So I still was the business mindset. So when you think about women in tech and you think about women tech entrepreneurs, don't, you know, yes, they can be very technical and they need to understand the tech, but they don't always have to do the tech. So I think that's something to be mindful of. When you hear women in tech, women tech entrepreneurs, that it doesn't restrict you to just being a coder or a developer. So um, it's just it's something I always like to share. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's a really great point. And like you said, you know, when you hear women in tech, that might be what people think of. So it's great to hear sort of, you know, the other side of it um, as well. And, you know, speaking of women in tech or just in general, um, what do you think women are dealing with right now through the pandemic? Um, I know we heard from Mara about how her business has been affected by it, but what do you think women are, are going through right now in general? So I think, I mean, I really go back to, you know, listening to Mara, she's a real life example of what women are going through. And I think when we think about what we're hearing, um, I think there's a lot of uncertainty, right? No one knows when things are going to go back to any type of normal um, or new normal. Um, but when we look at research, so I've kind of pieced this out into two pieces. So one, looking at the woman in tech, so the person employed in tech that may not be running a business, but employed in tech. And a lot of the things that has impacted them is working from home, right? That's changed the dynamics of, of now you're working from home, you've got kids at home, for example. Uh, there's an increased pressure to be productive. Um, the biggest thing that I think uh, anyone with kids is balancing work life and, and family matters, right? That's a tough thing. Uh, worried about job security. So interesting enough, um, research that's coming out of Trust Radius has said women in tech are 1.6 times more likely than men to be laid off or furloughed. And this is largely part because they usually make up a lot of the entry level junior positions and organizations. So, um, you know, women in tech are being impacted. And when you think about the women tech entrepreneur, um, the tech industry has done, I would say, rather well in this pandemic. Um, but when we think about where women are traditionally entrepreneurs, it's very much in the service industry, the beauty industry, you know, tourism, hospitality. So we still lack women in tech um, as, our, as a country. So, but when we do look at those who are in tech, you know, I, I think of the impact three ways, a financial impact, there's an operational impact and an emotional impact. And it has been really interesting, um, you know, one thing I encourage anyone working in economic development or startup communities, make sure you listen to women's voices. So something that, that I've done personally is just put out posts on Facebook and social media going, what are you dealing with? Because we need to hear them and we also need to ensure their voices are part of the recovery when we think about economic um, recovery. So things that I've heard from local women, again, balancing work and, and, and family matters, the, the need for more mentorship. I've heard a lot of um, comments around, you know, building out, rebuilding their clientele. How do you market in an environment, you know, that's, that's filled with kind of negativity and a lot of fear. So how do I use social media to maximize? What type of content do I do now that we're in a pandemic? How do I access new markets in a virtual world, right? Um, before you used to, you know, fly places to, to, to meet with people and to do business development. You went to trade shows. Now it's much harder to do that. 
and even selling in a virtual world, right? Yes, you can leverage e-commerce, but if you're looking at a B2B type of, um, you know, a product, it's a bit different again, because you can't go to those trade shows and, you know, you used to meet people in, in person to make that sale. So selling has changed. So these are just some of the things that, that we're hearing um, uh, that uh, women in tech and women tech entrepreneurs are, are dealing with. Yes, absolutely. And I love, you know, how you mentioned that it's about listening to, to women and what is, what are their needs right now? Um, what are they going through? And I think that's going to be a key point in getting through this. And um, so that's good to hear, you know, that people are really out there getting that information and seeing what can be done. And then Mara, you also mentioned too that, you know, you've seen some women entrepreneurs um, or women in tech during these times who, you know, some businesses have had to close, many have had to pivot. Um, do you mind sharing who, who inspires you as a woman in tech um, or woman entrepreneur, even if it's a local or just on a global scale? Oh, absolutely. Um, honestly, to be a woman in tech, I don't just draw, draw inspiration from strictly women who are in tech. Um, I draw out inspiration from any woman who's had troubles and then succeeded in business, uh, in any business really. Um, but at the Windsor level, it's definitely Vaughn because she is like the face of women in tech in my head anyway. Um, but in a global scale, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, there's a lot. Um, I like to attend online courses, online uh, workshops, and there's a lot of great women in tech out there. And even if you just search for the hashtag women in tech on Instagram, you're going to meet a lot of excellent people. And also a Facebook group in women in tech. Everyone there are just like spectacular people. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if you were to give advice as someone who has, you know, built their business um, sort of during the pandemic, what would you tell a woman who's looking to start a business now, either during the pandemic or even just in general? Um, go for it. It's a great time, especially right now, um, as weird as that sounds, because amazing businesses are built at tumultuous times because a lot of us are primed for innovative thinking. You know, how do we fix things? How do we survive this? So just just go for it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really great piece of advice um, as well. And also, do you mind just sharing what were some of the services here in Windsor that has helped build your business and help um, your success? <laughs> a lot. Um, first of all, we tech alliance um, for the tech side and even like connecting me to key people. Um, the small business center, Epicenter, um, even Windsor Women Accelerate and Genesis Center at St. Clair. There are so many resources out there and so many networking events. I mean, prior to the pandemic, but now they're all um, online. Um, there's a lot of resources out there for any, any woman who wants to get into business. Yeah, absolutely. And Yvonne, do you mind sharing a bit on that as well? If you have any additional services for support for either women in tech or in business right now? Sure, sure. I do have to just make a note to Mara. And um, she said this to me before about, you know, uh, her looking up to me. But the truth is, is I look up to her. And uh, I say that very honestly. Like I said, it's, it's so important for uh, women 
all of us. I mean, it's, this is why this podcast is important is we need to continue to empower other women and, and again, put a spotlight on women entrepreneurs. So um, it, Mara, I'm very complimented, but like I said, it's been awesome to really follow people like yourselves. And even Sarah, as I said earlier, before we hopped on this podcast is, you know, you are going to, uh, some little girl is going to be looking up to you. And like I said, if, if you can see it, they can be it. So important to to keep shining the light on 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 women whether they're in tech or non-tech go back to the support as i as i get off my uh, my soapbox here um in terms of support mara very much alluded to this is whether you're a woman in tech or a woman in in in, in non-tech or just traditional you know main street business um there are so many resources available and i know it can be inundating um or a little bit overwhelming to figure out where to go so I always said, you know, feel free to reach out to myself if you need kind of triaging. But um, I, I, the way I define it, you've got groups like small business centers who are there to help support, you know, Main Street businesses and, and, and startups. And then you've got organizations like Epicenter, Genesis, WeTech, The Accelerator, in addition to a lot more uh, program um, supporters uh, across the region. So specifically to WeTech or women in tech, if you are seeking support, my advice would be to reach out to a regional innovation center. As I mentioned, there are 17 across the province and there are, again, we are, help, we are there to help you triage and understand all of these government grants, what programs are available to you. So let us help you um, kind of go through a bit of what, what can be a little bit messy. And I'm sure Mara, you can attest to this. It's, a, it's very overwhelming to understand <laughs> especially right now, the government has done a great job at trying to quickly get out support measures for companies. But we also know that there's so much out there that it's hard for entrepreneurs, A, to have the time to go through it, but to know which one they're eligible for. So yeah. um, I would really encourage people to reach out to those support agencies I just mentioned to fully understand what's available. So if you are a women entrepreneur, obviously uh, I know Sabrina talked about this, but the RE3 program providing up to $5,000 to support female uh, or women owned businesses um, with recovery efforts. If you're a entrepreneur dealing or a main street business dealing with um, challenges with marketing and e-commerce, um, there's a program called Digital Main Street that has a number of different programs within it that is aimed at helping, you know, Main Street come out stronger after this pandemic. So um, to, to kind of loop back, feel free to reach out to myself. And again, I might not be the perfect pain point or perfect solution for you from WeTech's perspective, but um, the goal is we're very connected so we can ensure that we we hand off a, a good referral to to the person or the organization that can support you. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing all those resources. I'm glad to hear that you know there is all of there is so many resources in the area um, available for anyone who's looking for it. Um, so that's really great to hear and where they can go. I'm also very curious. You had said you know the WeTech Alliance is coming up to their 10 year anniversary. How has mm -hmm. you how have you seen the technology industry and in whole sort of change over these past 10 years? That's a really good question. So what I've seen is, um, you know, we still have a lot of work to do, right? Um, when you think about building startup communities and you build, you think about building a tech ecosystem, you're never in it for a short term. It's not a short term solution. So even though we're 10 years in, we're still an early tech community. So 
Um, we still, again, we still have a lot of work to do. Um, and um, we're starting to see stronger companies. That's one interesting thing I can say over the last uh, uh, 10 years is companies are starting to really get some traction. We're starting to see more engaged talent. And again, this is 10 years of working and we're a small organization and we're not, we're not the epicenter of, of, of the entrepreneurial ecosystem. We're a part of it, right? So um, we're starting to see, again, companies, um, you know, join forces, you know, our board, you know, we've got record applications to be part of our board of directors. We've got um, new programs that have developed. And again, it's one of those things, it's a long-term uh, approach. But I'm happy to say, you know, I, as I start thinking about what this 10-year anniversary it really is, is in order to get where we are today and not to say that we're anywhere where we want to be, we have lots of room to grow. Um, it took a lot of people to get here, right? Companies, board members, volunteers, funders. Um, so, and, and ultimately, you know, it, it takes founders and we're seeing, you know, a great example and why I'm excited about the future and where we're at right now. Cause I do think we're at a really interesting inflection point for our community is look at what happened. Uh, we had a recent company uh, choose Windsor over very large tech centers like Toronto or Vancouver. Um, Edison Financial, which is part of the Rock Ventures family, so Quicken Loans family, chose Windsor as their headquarters. And, and they are growing leaps and bounds. So we're starting to see people choose Windsor, Essex uh, to start their companies. And also, as we know, we are very much a manufacturing town, which is great. Um, but we know the automotive industry is changing and how it's changing is we're, it's colliding with the tech community. So as we look to the future of almost everything, um, technology is going to play a critical role. So we know even now this pandemic has accelerated technology adoption and the need for technology. So I see in terms of the next 10 years is an even bigger opportunity for WeTech and its founders to play a key role in, in this economic recovery and the, the transformation of Windsor from you know, an automotive community to an automobility community. So looking at connected autonomous vehicles, electrification, cybersecurity, shared, you know, shared mobility services. So I'm really excited. Um, and uh, again, it's, I can't go, I can't say enough about, again, and you, when you get into these worlds of building ecosystems, you never look at it as a short-term thing. It's a long-term plan, and we've got a lot of work to do. Um, and uh, I'm excited to uh, to be part of uh, the next uh, the next ten years. Although I don't know if I'll be there for ten more years, but um, I definitely uh, it's been a great uh, a great honor to be part of the first ten. Yeah, absolutely. And I I loved the way that you know you you put that how it is sort of the merging of manufacturing and tech. Um, since Windsor is known as the manufacturing, you know, seeing that transition to it. And I, I agree that I'm definitely excited to see what's to come in the industry as well um, and with WeTech Alliance. And then Mara, do you mind sharing through your journey of starting, you know, you said three different businesses, what has been the best piece of advice that you have been given um, when you were starting your business? Uh, I would say serving people first, always. And that in itself just realigns the way you see your business, the way you see the world when you focus on serving others, right? Because I think some, peop some, some of us could be misguided by, oh, I could make this much money if I started this business. But the essence of it is if you're not serving 
the people in the way that they need, that business is just not gonna gonna make it long term. I mean, that's the thought anyway. But that is the best piece of advice is to serve people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I think I think that is a great piece of advice. Um, you know, like you said, it's not it's not about the money you're getting; it's the service that you you are providing for people. Um, so thank you so much to both of you for joining me here today and going through your experiences, um, your businesses and just everything that you have accomplished. It's definitely inspiring to myself and I know many of the listeners will be as well. So thank you again. And I'm excited to see, you know, all the future plans that both of you mentioned for both of your organizations. Do either of you just have any final thoughts before we wrap up here? I will just say um, again, when when it comes to uh, build, you know, to uh, you know, connecting to the right services, uh, you interview Nicole Anderson. Rise Windsor Essex Network has social media platforms. Uh, make sure to connect with them. Um, and my last, maybe, is a words of advice: is you know, uh, women tend to compare themselves to everyone about themselves. And one of my biggest takeaways is really been, you know, compare yourself to who you were yesterday, right? Only compare yourself to who you are. And again, the goal is to always go into each new day with new insights, right? So as Warren Buffett would say, you know, um, you know, go to bed with one more, you know, piece of knowledge, you wake up one, you know, a little bit smarter each day. So um, maybe kind of a little bit of a quote near the conclude it. And and lastly, um, Sarah, uh, thank you, no pun intended, for making it happen. Um, again, it takes time <laughs> to do this. And um, again, for me, having spent over 10 years in this community, it's been so inspiring to see so many new young women build companies, build podcasts, build new initiatives, whether it's a nonprofit, a charity. And to me, again, going back to that inflection point, Something great is coming for Windsor Essex, and it's a lot going to be steered by or spearheaded by entrepreneurs, by young people. So keep being involved, keep telling your stories, and and keep innovating. And that's that's really um, that's that's it for me. Thanks for listening to Made It Happen podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.